0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000.
1: Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi,
0: it's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1.
1: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I really enjoyed that conversation with Caitlin. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed our chats when we were not on the air. Uh, she has she has really progressed to reach her goals as a, as a young woman. And now that she's in a role model role, she's able to give back. And it's been fun to watch her. And I actually, um, I gave her a challenge. Uh, if she runs across a young person along the way that she's working with, and uh, ha- who has an interesting story? Come join us on the show and let's talk. I, the more pe- young people we can get engaged in the in the conversation, the better. But I really enjoyed catching up with her, and she represented Biloxi so well. You know, it's it's. Quite amazing, really, when I think about my next guest, guest Josh Barton from The Homes of Grace, that I haven't had him on the show already. It's amazing to me. But in a way, and let me let me go to uh, Josh and first of all, welcome you, Josh Barton, to uh, to the Ricky Matthews Show. How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm doing excellent. Thank you for having me.
1: But in a way, you have uh, you have been here in spirit because my friend Todd Trenchard who has an incredible story to tell about the role that Homes of Grace played in his recovery. Uh, He has represented you well over many, many conversations about his sobriety. But, um, I mean, you know, again, I mentioned to you before we started the show when you when you get the opportunity to sit and prepare for a conversation with someone like you it's a, it's a it's a great opportunity to focus and to be reminded that the homes of grace has you know has gone through three generations of leadership in your family it's a heck of a story isn't it
0: it really is um you know and I still like to share with people that come out and they see a lot of miracles that happen out here and they say thank you so much for your family thank you for all you've done and and I often just say it's uh, I'm just proud to be a part of something that God's doing, that that uh, he does amazing things in spite of us, that we just get to be a part of what he's doing out here. But it's it really is a blessing to be, get to see the life transformations that take place in individuals like Todd and others.
1: Yeah, what, what was interesting in my conversation with Robert St. John this week, he talked in depth about his sobriety. And, uh, and what he said was, you know, I mentioned to him that, you know, there, there are weekend drinkers and, you know, I might, you know, the way it was before, I might have a a beer by the pool, maybe a glass of wine, but that, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not a big drinker. And he says, you know, when he heard me say that, he says, man, I. I I can't even get my head around that because one's not enough for me. A thousand's not enough for me. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And he talked really deeply about his sobriety. And in my conversations with uh, Todd Trenchard for the Baco Foundation of South Mississippi, he tells the same story. I mean, it's not something you can go back to. And the way he found sobriety, the number of times he sought treatment, you know, most people would give up on somebody after the first or second time, you know, to go 10, 15, 20 times to. The treatment. It's incredible, but you see it. Everyone has an opportunity for redemption. Everyone has an opportunity for recovery. And you've seen so many successful stories in the people who surround you daily over the entire right. uh, you know, length of your life, haven't you?
0: I really have. I mean, we've had over 35,000 men and women through our program over the last 57, 58 years. And um, probably one of the the most radical transformations of anyone that I've seen is actually a guy from the Gulfport area, uh, a guy by the name of Chuck Fayard. He, he's passed away now, but when Chuck came into our program, there was not a single vein left in his body that he could use to shoot up crack cocaine. And when he came into our program, he lasted about seven or eight days. He said, I can't take it. I take can't take it. I'm leaving and so about a week and a half later, I called to check on him. I said, how you doing? He said, man, I'm doing a lot better. I'm just smoking crack. I'm not messing with any needles now. <laughs> and that, that was his honest to God answer that he was doing better. But anyway, hmm. he radically got his life ch- He came back into our program, radically changed his life. His house was the crack house. People would come to his house. But he ended up, I could go on and on about how he and his father had not spoken in eight years. His father moved in with him for him to take care of his father. It's just really cool to see that type of a transformation from someone that, you know, had been using since they were 16, 17 years old in their 50s. Um, and so, you know, yeah. That's just a devastating thing to see someone go through that path as a parent, as you mentioned earlier.
1: Well, look, uh, let's take a step back. Uh, Let's remind people who have not even heard of Homes of Grace, or maybe you've forgotten what it's all about. Home of Grace, if you were going to talk about this incredible addiction recovery program that you put together, what what some call the beacon of hope, how do you talk about it?
0: Well, um, we're a three-month faith-based addiction recovery uh, program, and uh, and I'll share more later on about the history of how even it came about. But that's pretty remarkable in and of itself. But. We're sitting here. Our men's campus is a 160-acre complex, 120-bed men's facility. We have a 42-bed women's facility in Goshen. And um, like I said, we have individuals that come in. I think we had 26 different states represented of people that came into our program last year. And so, uh, and most of that is through word of mouth of other alumni that get help and they get on path, and people find out about where did that person get help, and they send their loved one to the Home of Grace. But we have uh, I think nine full time counselors between the two facilities. Uh, we have, uh, you know, just medical, we have volunteer uh, doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners that run a medical facility for us. And so a lot of people think about Home of Grace, I think, especially from our region, more as maybe a thrift store. They might see America's Thrift Store as our partner, and they don't think about it more of a, first class uh, addiction recovery program. And so in fact, our facility here at men's campus looks like a small junior college. And so that's that's closer to what um, you know that we what what we currently operate a so three month residential recovery program.
1: So how many men are there presently? We probably have 90 men currently in our men's
0: program, probably in the 30 range of our women's program that's about fifteen miles from here.
1: Yeah. So um, I have lots of questions, but before right. we before we get into some of the specifics, why don't we uh, why don't we tell people about this incredible organization that has stood the test of time through three generations of your family?
0: So my grandfather, uh, for the older group that may be listening to today, brother Bill Barton, he was quite well known in our area. And so he had an amazing story in and of himself. He was born with a cleft palate, cleft lip, no roof of his mouth, um, felt called to preach at the age of eight. The only, pro- only problem was nobody in the world could understand him but his own mom because his speech was so bad. But growing up, this is really the seeds that were planted in him for, for a ministry like this. Growing up, his dad developed an alcohol problem. And so his dad was the type of alcoholic that might could go a month or so without drinking, but when he did drink, he drank the whole truck. And that just devastated my grandfather. And in fact, because of his, um, uh, his handicaps, his dad had to work a lot of extra hours to pay for his surgeries as a kid. And so my grandfather, growing up, started feeling like that his dad's alcohol problems was really his fault as a child because he was thinking, if I didn't have ailments or issues, my dad wouldn't start drinking. And so he actually talked about it still at an early age, probably nine or 10 years old. It got to the point that it affected him, that he prayed that God would take his life as a child if it meant his dad would stay clean and sober. And so again, I think those were some deep seeds that were planted in him at an early age. He ultimately... Uh, uh, Went off to college to be a preacher. Um, he really has one of those stories where you can see all the adversities in someone's life and how God used them in, a, in a, an amazing way. But he was told uh, at his in college that he'd never make it as a preacher because his speech wasn't good enough. And he said he went back to his room and started crying. And he said, I heard the Lord say, you're still on my team said, I didn't really know what that meant, but I dried my eyes. I knew I'd be okay if I was on God's team. Well, he ended up pastoring 30-something churches and starting the Home of Grace. So he did a lot of amazing things. But throughout, again, those were really the seeds that were planted in him early on. Um, When he started pastoring these churches, he started finding these families that had a husband that was drunk, wife and kids trying to make ends meet, and it just broke his heart. I think it reminded him of his own childhood. And if you think back, you know, 50, 60 years ago, alcohol problems, they re- really weren't rehabs. for. They were just considered, oh, winos, drunks. They're just kind of outcast. And there really wasn't much hope or help for them. And so he had a compassion to, to make a difference with them. And so he ended up taking two people uh, that needed help to a place in Georgia called Victory Homes. It was a small program with about 12 men in it. And when, he, when him and my grandmother got there with those two guys, he said the 12 men in that program gathered around the two men that he brought in, prayed with them and encouraged them, and it gave my grandfather chills. And he told my grandmother, he said, we need a place just like this. And uh, so on, on his way back from Georgia, he told my grandmother, I have a name for our place. And she said, what place? What are you, what are you talking about? And she said, he said, we're supposed to call it the Home of Grace and put it somewhere between New Orleans and Mobile. And that's really where the vision of the Home of Grace began, 1965.
1: What a what a great story on on how this uh, this evolved and what we'll what we'll do when we get on the other side is we'll we'll finish uh, this multi generation story of Home of Grace and give you a little bit more idea. Uh, if you know someone who has uh, who's got challenges, so many people have challenges, and, and you know we talk about on this show all the time. You never know what someone's going through. Um, anyway, we you'll you have more information about Home of Grace when we come back. We'll continue our conversation with Josh Martin
0: you can also listen live to super talk mississippi gulf coast 103.1 on your amazon alexa devices once you've enabled the skill just say alexa open super talk mississippi gulf coast this is the Ricky Matthew show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthew Show. I have Josh Barton from Home of Grace. And one of the one of the you know interesting things about an organization that has stood the test of time and continue to make contributions to the community, especially in the area of, of uh, drug and alcohol addiction, is that you uh, you have to you know, I, I've been involved <clears throat> in several nonprofits. I've been chairman of nonprofits, I've started nonprofits, so I know what it what it's like to have to start a five oh one three C, et cetera. I've done more than once but one of the things that's that's clear that if you're if you're going to really address the needs of the community, you have to be constantly thinking about two, three, four years now. Constantly planning. I mean, that's the kind of effort that led to the development of this campus that you guys have today, and then the women's campus over in Gauche. But there are really no rest, is there? There's always more work to be done.
0: Absolutely, especially over the last several years for the people that have recognized the opioid crisis that's happening and the fentanyl. um, We really recognize that what we're working with is life and death for individuals and for their families. And so every time you see someone that you've been working with fall or fail or have an issue, it just makes you want to go back to the drawing board and say, what more could we have done? What more could we put together? And so, yes, it's a it's always a hunger to help do everything that we can to give someone the right tools uh, for success.
1: You mentioned this just a second ago, but o- opioid addiction in America is rampant. This notion of fentanyl is scary as hell. Every every professional from the AG down that I talk to about fentanyl, it's um, man, it's just it's just. It's it's challenging. You saw in the recent uh, trip to Japan, our Secretary of State talked to um, the the you know the the President of Ch- China about fentanyl and and how concerned he is about fentanyl. But um, my wife and I were watching a a show, you you may or may not have seen it, called Plutonic. It's a series that runs on Apple. It's just a comedy and whatever. But in it, there's a moment where one of the characters snorts what she thinks is cocaine, but it's laced with something else. And I, and I turned to my wife and I said, well, first of all, how would anyone put anything in their nose? They're not exactly sure where it came from. But especially in this world that we're in today with fentanyl and the scare around fentanyl, it's amazing what people are willing to do to get high, isn't it, Josh?
0: It really is. And, but nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to be addicted to heroin. I want to be addicted to fentanyl. It's usually small little compromises or small little things that ultimately bring you to a place. And then when you mention, like, why in the world would you even try something at that point? Well, once you're addicted, if you ask one of them, why would you do that? They would say, What would you do for your next breath of air? That's yeah. how bad I needed it at that moment. And so it's, it, it's hard to relate. Someone that's never had that type of an addiction to how strong of a pull something is for someone that's on that journey.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really great way to say it. So you know, my dad used to often say, "You can't rationalize irrationality. Don't even try." Right. That people who get in that state, it may not seem rational to us, but to them, it is. It is. It is the next logical step in order to to address the addiction. And it can be extremely powerful. And whether we're talking about hard drugs like what we just talked about or whether we're just talking about alcohol, um Addiction is a really, really tough thing, and it it requires a very thoughtful process to bring people through, in your case at Home of Grace, to give people an opportunity for redemption. And you, you know, you see failures along the way, but you see lots of lots and lots of successes, don't you?
0: We do. Right now we have about six alumni that have 40 to 60 bed recovery programs themselves in different parts of the country. Last year we helped replicate Home of Grace in Kokomo, Indiana, called Valley of Grace from an alumni and I, his story is amazing just in and of itself but when you see someone go from destroying their hometown in their area to now being the lighthouse when the Indianapolis Press picks up his story and runs with it and people start flocking to him it's really cool to see um, the transformation that can take place in someone's life and then for them to have the hunger to pass that on to others it's, it's wonderful to be a part of that.
1: Well, you know, you you people hear about you know the need to to do an intervention for a family member, or someone that you love, or whatever. But but one of the points that Robert St. John said in my conversation this week was that people have to reach a point where they want to get help. But you probably see both, don't you? We
0: do. You have some that come here because they're court ordered, mama ordered, job ordered, and then you have others that are just at the end and they're wanting it themselves. But sometimes someone that comes into our program that come because other people have kind of heavily encouraged or forced, sometimes within a week or two of their head getting clear, they recognize this is really what I want as well. There is such a fog when they're in their addiction. Sometimes it's hard to snatch them out of that that situation. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, and it's not the same. Everybody's journey is different.
1: Well, listen, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm surprised you and I haven't been already spending time together, but that Todd has done a good job of representing you. But uh, you do a great job representing yourself. So we're going to have you back, and we're going to continue the conversation. But uh, but I would urge people that if you have any interest in understanding this, whether you have an addiction or someone who you know in love has an addiction, look up the Home of Grace and study them. They've got a great website, and they've got a really incredible track record record. Anyway, for now, Josh, that's all the time we have. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: You bet. This has been Josh Barton from Home of Grace. Have a great day and we will see you tomorrow.
0: Supertalk Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi ah. media production.